Across our population in the agricultural sector, less than 5% have any form of tertiary education beyond high school. And if you take that to a bachelor's degree, it's less than 2%. Mum and dad also, you know, realised that you, you can't live out in the bush forever. And I, and I guess that was that, that core piece of the importance of education, of the reason they sent us all off to boarding school to kind of understand and, and realise how the rest of the world worked. And I really think that's important that people have that connection and understand the benefits of both sides of the coin. Welcome to the RM Williams Outback Great Australians podcast. I'm Terry Cowley from RM Williams Outback magazine. I hope you enjoy hearing from the inspirational men and women who fairly leap from the pages of our new Great Australians publication. One such is beef industry leader Bryce Cam, who is steering change from the helm of his family's business, Cam Agricultural Group in Queensland. Bryce is a new breed of cattleman and he is raising the tenor of his industry both literally and figuratively. Big thanks to Elders Insurance for sponsoring our podcast. At Elders Insurance, the agents are local and trusted members of the community who get to know you and your situation. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. We pay our respects to their culture and leaders, past, present and emerging. A new breed of cattlemen, Bryce Cam is raising the tenor of the beef industry. Bryce is the CEO of Cam Agricultural Group in Queensland, which comprises nine properties covering half a million hectares, running approximately 60,000 crossbred cattle and cropping more than 11,500 hectares. Thanks for your time, Bryce. Great to be with you, Terry. Now, you've been described as someone who is equally at home in a boardroom or on a horse drafting cattle. What do you make of that description? Oh, I think I, I really value it as a description. And I, and I think like a lot of people working in agricultural businesses in today's age, it's, it's simply a requirement of the job. So, I mean, even this morning, I've just been drafting a mob of cattle to truck off to one of our supply chain partners and then ducked back in here to the office to have this chat with you. So you're someone who believes agriculture needs tertiary degrees, but not necessarily agricultural ones. I firmly believe in higher education and that's something our family uh, and particularly my parents in, instilled in myself and, and my siblings. Uh, and it's something we promote in, in our business today in terms of with our team where we're always looking for development and learning opportunities uh, from those that are working with us in, in trying to grow our business. But we've also got to interpret that, that an agricultural business needs many skill sets around the table to ensure its, its success. And for myself, you know, I, I didn't study a, an ag degree when I went off to university, I studied a degree in, in commerce and, and communications. And I think sometimes we can fall into the trap to think that everything about agriculture is different to mainstream business and needs a specialisation. And while that's true in some parts, I'm a firm believer that we need people that are going to pursue agricultural careers in our mainstay universities, both in this country and around the globe, so that they have exposure to other people from other walks of life and they make lifelong friends with people 
people who are going to influence other industries. And I think universities are a great melting pot of people and ideas, but they're also a great networking and, and a place where you know many young Australians mature and grow up and make lifelong friendships. And for me, that's a really important piece that I think in some parts the ag community is missing at the moment. If you look across our population in the agricultural sector, less than 5% have any form of tertiary education beyond high school. And if you take that to a bachelor's degree, it's less than 2%. And I think that's something that as an industry with a bright, bright future ahead of us, it's really something that we need to embrace and look at how we're going to fix that trajectory. You were able to orchestrate a successful 2021 Beef Australia during a pandemic, attracting a larger crowd than the Tokyo Olympics. Now, that can't have been easy. It really wasn't. Um, and I would say some people would have said it's it's good luck that we were able to run Beef Australia in the middle of the pandemic. I'd say it was down to good planning and good management and a great team. And that's one thing we're very blessed with at Beef Australia. It's a wonderful organisation that brings together what is one of Australia's greatest industries and celebrates that in our beef capital in Rockhampton every three years. And there's a great spirit around the event. It's been running for over 30 years now. The first was back in 1988 and the event has really grown and it's through that dedication of many, many volunteers and people who roll up their sleeves and get involved with the Beef Australia concept to deliver that. Sadly, in 2021, we didn't have the exposure uh, and many of our international friends and guests that we typically would, but our team is well on the way to delivering Beef 24 now. I think last week was 100 weeks until we will open the gates to the world for the great celebration that will be Beef Australia 2024. And a big part of that, of the relaunch, will be around our international program. And the board has set a target of bringing or inviting over 10,000 international delegates to that event. So it will be a spectacle again for the industry. And it's such a great pleasure to be involved with what is a wonderful organisation and a wonderful team around us, both from the board, our committee members, the employees, and all of the various volunteers that help deliver what is one of the largest events hosted at any regional centre across Australia. Now, Cam Agricultural Group was founded by your parents, David and Judy, in 1971 on Wonga Plains near Dorby in southern Queensland. In 1983, they expanded the business with their first three children in tow and moved to Natal Downs near Charters Towers. And you were born there in 1984. Tell us a bit about your childhood. It was a, a wonderful childhood growing up on Natal Downs, a cattle station located up in North Queensland. And for me, I mean, it was really that wonderful childhood experience growing up on the land and in and amongst a, a family business. And mum and dad had a wonderful partnership. They had both come from agricultural families themselves and were very involved equally in, in ensuring the success of our venture as a family. And so I, I guess, you know, as I grew up through schooling, particularly I did all of my primary schooling through correspondence or school of the year uh, through the Chatterstowers Centre. So you would spend the morning doing your distance ed work or papers and typically you'd have a half hour on air lesson with a teacher and some other classmates. Mum would be busily in the office paying accounts or reconciling cash books. And then I think what my mother and I were both most excited about was come lunchtime, we'd tack up the office in the schoolroom and head out and find wherever dad and the team were outside and catching up with the muster somewhere or helping draft cattle or, or brand calves or putting out lick and checking waters. And I really cherish that hands-on approach that, that mum and dad instilled in all of us to get out there and learn 
the craft of cattlemanship. And I guess it's a wonderful life when you are in the wide open spaces. And I think, but mum and dad also, you know, realised that you, you can't live out in the bush forever. And I, and I guess that was that, that core piece of the importance of education of the reason they sent us all off to boarding school to kind of understand and, and realise how the rest of the world worked and, and how people, how our city cousins lived. And, and I really think that's important that people have that connection and understand the benefits of both sides of the coin. Boarding school must have been a bit of a culture shock though. I definitely was. I mean, being the youngest in the family, I think I'd sort of probably grown up a little bit before my time and and there wasn't a lot of kids my age. We had a great community of some neighbours, but they were all probably 20 to 30 minutes away. So you would catch up with them from time to time, whether it was playing tennis or water skiing or going to a camp draft. But a lot of your day was spent hanging out with adults and people a lot older than you. So to rock up at at Churchy in, in East Brisbane all did seem a bit daunting. There was a boarders weekend where your parents stayed with you and kind of settled you in over the weekend before school started. And then they departed on Sunday and you were on your own. And I think the great thing I really enjoyed about that was the experience in growing up with a whole group of, of great blokes that we all age. And we had a great boarding house in, in Donaldson House and a really good group of people to grow up with. And, and a number of those that you really did grow up with. And there's some great friendships that I'll carry for the rest of my life. Churchy was a great school. I enjoyed my time immensely, but undoubtedly there were times that you realised you were some 1,250 kilometres away from your home and living in a completely different environment. And although my mother would write to me and would speak on the phone, you do miss that close relationship with your parents that you might have otherwise if you're not at boarding school. But I think it also brings a strong sense of independence and a different way of life and, and one that you know I definitely don't regret. Did you always see a future with the family operation? Absolutely. I think that love of growing up on the land had really instilled a connection. And, and I quite often say that people that have been touched by life on the land or a, a life in agriculture, it's it's very hard to get out of your system. And, and I see a tremendous opportunity in our business and in the cattle industry more broadly in this country. I think that's been through many businesses and families that are involved in it and the leadership of some great statesmen that have really set this industry up for success as it goes forward and, and the high value and demand that so many consumers and customers from around the globe place on high quality Australian beef. So I had a view to going out and getting some life experience and going to uni and, and boarding school was a part of that. But I always was very keen to come home and continue to work with the family and drive the future success of our business. Get into a new Ram today. It's America's best truck brand five years running, according to US News and World Report. With unrivaled Hemi V8 power, you'll understand why Ram is dominating the competition year after year. And with Australia's best range of full-size pickup trucks, Ram eats everything else for breakfast. See your Ram dealer or visit ramtrucks.com.au and get into America's best truck brand today. Ram. Enough said. Your father, David, has said that he believes successful agriculture comes from families. Do you concur with that belief? Yeah, I do. I think Dad went on to complete that statement by saying, unless you've got a hell of a lot of money to throw at it. And I mean, it just is the reality that family businesses are the mainstay of many agricultural industries. And as we look through, be it the cotton industry, the grains industry, the livestock industries, sugarcane, 
chain. It is the lives of so many families that have pioneered industries, that have moved to new regions, that have developed and properties and water assets and, and really made a go of life in regional Australia. And, and I don't want to discredit or discount the great corporate involvement that happens as well. And I think particularly in the pastoral industry, there's so many great pastoral companies that really built the industry as well. But it is a great life to grow up with for families. And I think it's really inspiring to see the success of multi-generational families as they continue to grow and prosper. And I think what the exciting thing that is happening now is it's the partnerships between corporate Australia and successful families that's really leading the charge. Because there's one thing in agriculture, it is a capitally intensive industry. If we look at the value of land holdings now and capital tied up in cattle and livestock, it needs a substantial and healthy balance sheet to continue to grow and and prosper, but also to ride out the tougher times when seasonal conditions or market influences turn against you. And to see that collaboration between sometimes overseas or domestic institutional investment capital partnering with successful families to drive Australian agribusinesses and the efficiencies and innovation that comes from that model, I think is really exciting. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. So you're a great believer in successful agricultural businesses needing to have diversity of income and to be both vertically and horizontally integrated. Tell me about the move into cropping. I am. I think it's important to have diversity in a business. I'm not necessarily a believer that big is always better. I think diversity of markets and production systems across Australian agriculture uh, means that there's there's many market niches and specialities that people can pursue and, and do really successfully. But for our family, we are a believer that while our greatest income stream and focus is towards high quality Australian grain-fed beef, our cropping element brings a nice synergy to the business. And dad has really always been a passionate farmer at heart. He grew up growing cane around the Whitsunday region of Queensland and then moved west into cattle and then sort of back down here to the feedlot and the farms on the Darling Downs. And I still think dad has diesel burning in his veins, particularly with a grain-fed business, that um, that natural hedge into to being able to supply our own grain and roughage requirements stands our business in good stead. But it's also availed new opportunities, be that in irrigation and growing cotton production. There's been a nice synergy to our business. And I think the most exciting project is really the development of farming operations on our North Queensland places. We're big believers in the future and the success of regional Australia, of Northern Australia in particular. And I think we will see both more intensification and more cropping programs into the North. And over the last three years, we've successfully developed over 10,000 acres of country on Mattel. And um, and that's really working well as a, you know, a forage cropping operation for us in really driving forward the productivity of our cattle. So you've been involved in industry committee work for some time, various organisations. You know, your parents obviously were very community minded and you've taken that example of giving back to heart. But you seem to be able to do that with your own spin as well. For example, the partnership last year with Opera Queensland, bringing agriculture to a new audience. Yeah, I think mum and dad absolutely instilled in all of our family a a real sense of community. And I think that came from growing up relatively isolated area, some hour and a half away from Charterstowers. So community was what you invested and built. 
and thankfully we had some wonderful neighbours around us at Mattel and, and a real sense of that growing up. But it's also about giving back to your region or your industry. And so I have been involved in various industry organisations and I think that's really important, you know, on, on a number of levels. I think if you are invested in an industry, you should be at the table where policy settings are made. And it's also, I think, you know, to be involved in other organisations is unashamedly, it's, it's a great personal development as well, where you get to work with people from different minds and different backgrounds. It's a real self-learning and opportunity as well. And that's why in our business, we encourage so many of our people to get out and, and involved in other organisations. And so with that in mind, particularly with Beef Australia this year, I'm a big believer in using all opportunities to tell the great stories and allow people to embrace life in the bush and particularly the great stories about the Australian beef industry. And I think we need to be unashamed in finding new opportunities to do that. And that's why while it was a little hampered by the COVID pandemic, the board embraced a strategy of partnering with a number of cultural organisations to use different art forms and different visual forms to tell and communicate great stories about the Australian beef industry. And you also generate a great amount of interest by that juxtaposition of bringing two seemingly you know, unrelated entities together. And so the beef industry, we had so many people saying, what the hell is this guy doing with opera? No one likes opera in the bush. And then on the opera Queensland side, you know, having so many people from inner city Brisbane who'd never really ventured too far west of the Great Dividing Range, wondering what this opportunity and partnership meant. And what it resulted in is a world premiere of a great production by Opera Queensland. And I thank them so much for the investment and the, the faith in coming on the journey. So we premiered it at Beef Australia in Rocky, but what was really exciting was the ability to then tour that to over 36 regional communities around Queensland and to ensure that many, many people got to see and experience the joy of that great production. Off the back of that tremendous success, it's one thing we are committed to in the pathway forward to Beef Australia 24 is both broadening the scope and finding more cultural organisations to collaborate and partner with and particularly to expand that audience around Australia so that we can continue the opportunity to embrace new audiences and ensure that we, through many different varied forms, get to tell some of the great stories about life on the land of the Australian beef industry that we all should be so proud of and the great and inspiring people that are involved in it. Beef industry is obviously on a bit of a high at the moment. What changes do you want to see in the future? Through, I think, a lot of work that industry has invested over the past, in particular, probably 20 to 30 years, ensuring things like traceability, product integrity, the quality of the beef that we were turning off. Sorry, I'm just going to pull up, Terry, because I've got a dog that is snoring. I was wondering <laughs> what that was. Is this your bulldog? Sorry, yes, that, um, that is the Frenchies. It, um, <laughs> so they're kind of like our office mascots here, but they do, they love finding a corner in the office with a nice bit of sun and and, um, and sometimes the snoring gets a little too, too loud. Anyway, so I think, yeah, industry is enjoying some commercial success at the moment, but I think it's important to recognise that's really been built off the back of the hard work of many organisations and policy settings that have ensured that our product is in high demand globally. And that's through things like traceability, product integrity, and the quality of the beef that we're able to turn off. And, and I think we should really reflect that it's not an accident that we have ended up with this beef and the product being so highly regarded, respected, and in demand globally. And I think in terms of, as 
we move forward as an industry, that's absolutely something that we have to continue to protect and invest in. I'm also keen to see the industry continue the good work it's doing on the sustainability front. I think the ambitious goal that we have in front of us of the industry being carbon neutral uh, by 2030, some eight years away, is a real demonstration of this industry's commitment to sustainability and the industry's commitment to being good corporate citizens and ensuring that we meet our community expectations. Through that work and telling the good stories about the work and the people within our industry, it's really important that we are able to communicate that to a wide stream audience. It really frustrates me when I see too many people take the easy path or reflect on one fact and say that the beef industry is a terrible environmental steward, we're not adequately looking after the cattle in our care. And too often this industry has copped really inappropriate, low-level attacks from people that are really, I, I feel, are yet to appreciate the great work stewardship that this industry does, not just in ensuring the supply of high-quality, nutritious Australian beef to a really wide global audience, but also the fact that we are you know, stewards of so much of the nation's estate. For myself, is something that I continue to want to do, but also to communicate those stories more broadly so that collectively the Australian community can be really proud of this industry, how it's grown and evolved and how it will continue into the future. Bryce Cam, it is great to have you as a great Australian and thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Terry. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for lending your ears to the RM Williams Outback Great Australians podcast. The people we featured truly inspired us and made for a great yarn, which is why they were featured in our Great Australians publication. But you know what? Our bi-monthly RM Williams Outback magazine is chock full of people just like this, as well as so many of the amazing places that are all around our country, away from the bright lights of our cities. They're brought to life through the crafted words of our writers and the talent of our photographers and their stunning images. We'd love you to become a part of the Outback family by subscribing. Go to www.outbackmag.com.au or give us a ring on 02-9028-5428 during business hours and you'll get to deal with a real human at the end of the line who will sort out home delivery for you wherever you are. That number again, 02-9028-5428. RM Williams Outback magazine is also available in Good News Agents. Now's the time to upgrade to a new Ram truck. With unrivaled Hemi V8 power and a max brake towing capacity of up to four and a half tonnes. With quick delivery available right now, you can get behind the wheel of a new Ram faster than ever. Stocks are limited, so see your Ram dealer or visit ramtrucks.com.au today. Ram eats everything else for breakfast. Stock and delivery times vary by model and dealer. 